0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh,
1: oh,
2: oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts.
0: Orlando stays strong in the aftermath of the weekend tragedy. Live, local call-in talk continues. This special hour is hosted by Mark Aram and by Shani B. from the Herman Kane Show.
2: Welcome to the show and a good Thursday evening to you, Mark Aram. here, you there. Live local talk and coverage of the terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub continues on News 96.5 WDBO in Orlando and tonight we're also being broadcast across the nation on WSB in Atlanta, WOKV in Jacksonville, WHIO in Dayton, Ohio and KRMG in Tulsa as we all come together and share our grief with our friends in Central Florida uh, still recovering from the horrible terrorist attack. Joining me in studio, executive producer of the Herman Cain Show, longtime Central Florida native and resident. It's Shane Backler, a.k.a. Shaney B. Um, we'll be with you for two hours, taking your calls, your thoughts, your reactions, your prayers on the uh, awful terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub, 844 844- Two two zero oh nine six five. Clark Howard and Neil Bortz will join us on the show as well uh, we want to kick things off uh, with Tony Marino host of it Orlando's Evening News on News 96.5 WDBO Tony first off condolences from myself from Shane from everyone across the nation thanks for uh, spending a little more time on the radio with us tonight.
1: Oh well, thank you, guys, and it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, another uh, incredible day here in Orlando, and you know the one thing that you guys know that you've been hearing on the broadcast throughout the last four days is uh, uh, the the community coming together just continues every time. You know, you see, you you hear of uh, of, of, of some event or uh, something taking place where the community is coming together, then then it's another. Another great thing happens after that and another great thing happens after that. So in a time of real darkness, we are definitely seeing some real light, which is is the takeaway from this thing. If there is any takeaway, uh, that's the one positive we're having.
2: The, the headline today, I guess would be uh, President Obama coming to Central Florida to, to meet with the victims' families. Um, what's been the reaction locally to the president's visit and and what it, what are your folks saying about it?
1: Yeah, you're right. That is definitely the big headline today and the reaction is quite mixed as you would imagine. There were a lot of people, uh, we've had our phone lines open now to listeners all week long and you know, there were a lot of people that thought he should be here sooner. Uh there were a lot of people um that didn't think he should be here at all. Um the president did uh he, he did. He did hold to his vow, though. Today, the White House, the White House said the president's visit was going to be concentrated on the victims. Uh, that he was going to meet with the dignitaries of the city, and it wasn't going to be a political, uh, any kind of politicizing. And for the most part, that that was true. Uh, the president, the vice president, came to town. They met with the uh, uh, mayor, Buddy Dyer, the Orlando mayor, Orange County mayor Teresa Jacobs. They met with family members. They visited a, a surviving victim. And uh, then they went to the memorial. They laid wreaths uh, at the memorial site down at the Dr. Phillips Center, um, and Obama made a couple of comments right before they left town. Um, touched on you know gun control quickly, the fight against ISIS, and uh, and and that was about it. Um, the the reaction to Obama coming to town has been better since he was here than it was prior to him coming,
2: if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking to uh, Tony Marino, host of Orlando's Evening News. On the nuts and bolts side of this tragic story, uh, word out today that the shooter was actually texting with his wife during the standoff. Uh, What does that say to you? Does it add any new information or depth of of the coverage of, of this horrible story?
1: Yeah, and the, the the big news, uh, as you said, for Orlando was the president and vice president coming here today. The big news, as far as the actual event, um, was was that he was actually texting with his wife. With his wife. But prior to us learning that, and uh, there was also we also got word that he was actually uh, accessing his Facebook page on his phone during the shooting as well. So. Um, it's pretty disturbing, and as far as the wife goes, it's just, to me, it's just more proof that, uh, she knows a lot more than she was initially telling us, and knowing that he was actually texting with her, or mm. she was texting with him during the event, leads me to believe she, she could have, uh... Very well, have been an accessory in some way, shape, or form, more than just knowing about it. I mean, it was—it was disturbing already when when she said she tried to stop him. Oh, I, you know, I tried to stop him, but I didn't. I mean, that's disturbing enough when you look at the carnage that that resulted from it. But now knowing that they were texting and she was fully aware of exactly what was happening,
0: she was, was also Tonya Chain here and. and- have Has it been confirmed that she had gone to the Pulse nightclub with Omar prior to the shooting? Do we know that for sure, or is that sort of uh, something that we're still looking at? She says that
1: she had driven him to the Pulse nightclub prior to the shooting. I haven't seen any actual confirmation that she had ever been in the nightclub, um, but she she said that she had driven him there before, and he, perhaps he was scoping it out then.
0: And it's interesting, too, you were talking about how he was texting her during this horrible, horrible event. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but he was talking to 911 operators. He was posting on his Facebook timeline. He also called um, Central Florida News 13, did he not?
1: He did, he did. And now, now that we know a little bit more about the events that took place that night concerning the shooter, it just becomes more and more concerning, obviously, the things all the things that you just mentioned but it also really makes you wonder and i've talked this week i've i've talked to several people that were inside the club during the shooting and no one can ever know what it was really like unless you were really there but with him doing all that it just makes you think more and more why somebody or some group of people could not take him down prior to you know during the shooting
0: they're terrified, and they're terrorized, and right. they're stunned. I, You know, if anything, you might think somebody would throw um, a cocktail glass or, or whatever. I don't know if they even had glass in Pulse, to be honest with you. It was probably those paper cups, but um, you, you don't know. And with that kind of firepower, he also had the handgun. And to do something so vicious, so hateful, so—and— to be able to take time out to post to your Facebook, to make phone right, calls?
1: Right, right. He What he was doing was he was searching Facebook. Uh, he was searching Facebook for things like Pulse Nightclub, Orlando, Orlando shooting. Um, so I guess he was trying to validate himself that he... he was accomplishing something.
2: He wanted instant, uh, instant gratification. We're, we're talking right, to Tony Marino, host in of Orlando's Evening News on News 96.5 six five WDBO. Uh, Tony, so we've had multiple witnesses say the shooter had been going to the club for for at least three years. To me, that that exceeds you know any reconnaissance mission. Have you heard from from club goers that have seen him in the club before? What was his attitude in the three years prior to the shooting? Was he drinking? Was he dancing? Was he... What was his activity like, as far as you know, in the club three years prior?
1: Some of the employees at the club said pretty much what you just said, that he, um, I, I believe, the, the few people that recognized him or acknowledged that he had been there before did say that he was there alone. Um, we've heard that from a few folks, that he... Anytime he was seen at the club, he was seen alone. Um, You know, one of those guys kind of hanging out in the corner just drinking. Um, And when you see that, you know, there's a lot of people that just hang out in the corner of the club and drink and mind their own business, and there are some people that are hanging out in the corner with devious thoughts, you know. So, but um, he apparently has been, had been at the club several times. Uh, People did recognize him as a patron, so you you. For for people just to recognize him and say yes, he's been here before. I recognize that guy. I've seen him. Obviously, he's you know he's been there more than just once or twice, like you said.
0: I know investigators have been looking through security video of other bars and clubs in Central Florida. Have they found anything? Had he been going to other bars? Had he been to other gay bars? had, had have they tracked anything like that down yet?
1: as you know the fbi is you know taking control of the investigation the orlando pd is investigating the dea the atf every every law enforcement agency is 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 on the scene although the fbi is the lead uh... they really have not said much as far as the investigation the fbi held a news conference yesterday along with orlando police department that's when they informed us that atf was on the scene dea was on the scene um, everything is going to come through the FBI. They're the lead investigation. Um, yesterday, they were encouraging people in the community again. If you if you know anything at all about the shooter, uh, even the FBI agent uh, said, you know that the only reason they wanted the only reason they're using the shooter's name Omar Mateen is just because they're hoping it might ring a bell with somebody. Otherwise, they don't. They wouldn't even want to be using his name but the only reason they're using his name is to hope that it might ring a bell with somebody so they're they're still encouraging the community if you know anything if you've seen anything say something um they are looking at surveillance video of course there was surveillance inside the club it's going to take a long time to go through all that as far as other clubs uh... that's probably the the responsibility of the orlando police department i'm sure they're doing that but they haven't said anything There, there and there is one thing though i want the the rest of the nation to know that maybe they don't know because this has come up in a lot of the phone calls that that we've gotten here at news ninety six five as well you know, there's 350, 360 people in the nightclub, and I said before, if he was texting, talking on the phone, checking Facebook, you think at some point in time, you know, somebody may have been able to take him down. But the big thing that we're getting over and over and over is people can't believe that there wasn't one person in the club that that might have had a weapon as well. You know, you think in 350, 360 people, there was nobody else that had a concealed carry permit nobody that had a weapon even the bar employees the bartenders don't have a gun the bouncers the security
2: guards no no one huh
1: because it was an it's a no gun zone apparently there was the one bouncer at the front door that exchanged gunshots with him uh but outside of that the club is a no gun zone and i i guess that pertains even to the employees so that's the reason why there wasn't anybody else there that had a weapon
0: well and you figure too even if it wasn't a gun-free zone those 300 some odd patrons at pulse were young they were young 20 something 30 something latino kids out having a good time um largely a gay community even though it was latin night you don't always necessarily have a 100 percent gay crowd you've got people that like the latin music and like being together, right? right. Pol- right. but they're Pulse. young, and they're not going to... Uh, most of them don't even want a gun, so even if there was, eh, you, you, you get what I'm saying? I don't know if no. many of them would have been armed.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally get what you're saying, and, and, and Pulse is a very... It's a gay club, but it's also a very popular club, and a lot of people that are not gay go there, or people that have gay friends that aren't gay, but they go there with their gay friends, uh, two of the victims uh, were 18-year-old girls. I'm sure you know the story of the 18-year-old girls from Philadelphia. Uh, they were celebrating their high school graduation. Yeah, 18-year-old girls from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. One of them made it out. One of them, one, one was injured, but she's a survivor. Uh, and her friend, her 18-year-old friend, was was one of the victims. One of the 49 people killed. Tony, can you hang on uh, for so a couple more as minutes? 18-year-old.
2: Can you hang on? Uh, hang on for a couple more minutes, Tony. Sure, Tony uh, Marino, host of Orlando's Evening News on News ninety six five WDBO, uh, answering my my questions and Shane's questions because he's been covering this since the story broke, the mass shooting, the terror attack at the Pulse uh, nightclub. Live local talk and coverage of the Terrorist Act continues on News 96.5 WDBO in Orlando. Also broadcast across the nation tonight on WSB Atlanta, OKV Jacksonville, WHIO Dayton and KRMG Tulsa. Your thoughts, questions and comments. 844-220-0965. We'll be back after this.
0: News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. Welcome
2: back to the show. Live local talk and coverage of the terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub continues. Mark Aram with you on News 96.5 WDBO. Your thoughts, 844-220-0965. Finishing up with Tony Marino, host of Orlando's Evening News. Tony, uh, before I forget, how are you holding up? How's the staff holding up? This has got to be just a trying week for, you, for the whole staff there.
1: Probably the worst week I've had in my professional career since 9-11. <laughs> we, I mean, as you know, we are working some, uh, some massive hours. Uh, but you know how these things are. Uh, on, on one hand, you're really, I mean, it's such, an, it, it's, it, it's such a horrible event, such an atrocity, but you're so proud to be a part of covering it. Um, but at, uh, on the other hand, you're working 14, 15, 16 hours.
2: Are you, are you getting sleep? Are you getting food? I mean, I'm worried about the health of you guys.
1: We are getting food. You know, the Cox Media Group is uh, taking care of us. Good. We, are, we have no shortage of food. That's good. Uh, management's trying to work schedules out, you know, the best they can. Things are winding down a little bit now. First couple of days were, we're absolutely nuts.
2: So we're across the country right now on on the Cox Media Group radio network. Folks that want to donate, um, what what can we do to help you guys in Central Florida? Where can we give our money? What what's your best advice?
1: Uh, there's two way to There's two major funds right now. Uh, there are going to be more funds, but the two major funds right now are um, the. Uh, there's a Pulse GoFundMe account. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, that's just what it's called. If you go to the GoFundMe, it's the Pulse account. And then there's the Orlando United Fund, which is OrlandoUnited dot org. Um, and for the folks that around the country, folks around the country that haven't been paying as close of attention to it as we have been, that uh, GoFundMe account is just about at five million dollars. It wow. was started, uh, I, I think on Sunday night or Monday morning. And probably by the time you guys finish your broadcast, it will be over $5 million.
2: Well, we're going to do our best to make sure it gets over there. So uh, the Pulse tragedy account on GoFundMe. And what was the other one again? I'm sorry, Tony.
1: GoFundMe Pulse, And the other one is OrlandoUnited.org.
2: All right. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for extending your already long broadcast day. Uh, we appreciate the insight at the local level there. Uh, just an awful, awful... It's just what a, what a week in Orlando. I mean, just... What a week. Let, let's hope the uh, madness ends and you guys can get some respite. But uh, the thoughts of, Absolutely. of everyone Thank across you, the country are with you, Tone.
1: Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Shaney B. Good to uh, good to be on with you guys.
2: Thank All you. right. Appreciate it. Tony Marino, host of Orlando's Evening News on News 96.5 WDBO. Uh, it, it's like a mini 9-11 for them. Just uh, I mean, I remember what the radio stations were like when, when 9-11 hit, and we didn't leave the station for a week. So uh, definitely thoughts and prayers to, uh, to everyone covering the story down there and, of course, all the victims and their families. When we come back, your hero and mine, Clark Howard, will join us with his perspective and we'll continue our live local talk and coverage of the terrorist attack on the Pulse nightclub. Your thoughts at 844-220-0965. Tweet at me, at Mark Arum. We'll be back.
0: A reflection on the massacre at the Pulse Nightclub in Orlando. Live, local, call in talk continues. This special hour is hosted by Mark Aram and by Shaney B. from The Herman Kane Show.
2: Welcome back to the show 25 in front of the hour. Mark Aram with you, uh, talking to the nation, discussing the tragic events in Orlando. Our live local talk and coverage of the terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub continues on News 96.5 WDBO in Orlando. Also across the nation tonight, WSB in Atlanta, WOKV in Jacksonville, WHIO Dayton, and KRMG Tulsa. Your thoughts, comments, and questions at 844-220-0965. Shane Backler from the Herman Kane Show, longtime uh, Central Florida resident, uh, joining me in studio as well. John joins us in Atlanta. John, welcome to the program
0: yes uh can you hear
2: me i can hear can you take us off speakerphone, john
0: yeah one second please
2: no hurry no hurry
1: i'm about to do that
2: <laughs> while you do that i'll come back to you uh let me get grant in orlando grant thanks for calling in the show how are you holding up sir uh, not too bad uh my question is for generally the fbi um it's I've I've come
3: to realize that all of these things that are taking place in this country that are horrendous,
2: like women drowning their children in the bathtub, and people shooting up schools and universities, are all because of antidepressants. That is uh, an area that... because of antidepressants. Every single one of these people, including the two uh, young men that shot up that school a while ago... Uh um, we're taking antidepressants. antidepressants okay that that's an uh, an aspect of the story that i had not uh previously considered clark howard joins us now in studio consumer advocate and the voice of reason uh for for many listeners throughout the years clark thanks for joining us on this special broadcast certainly i i feel so terribly for the people of central florida i mean how many
3: hits are they going to take in such a short period of time the singer that was murdered now, these 49 people that were brutally murdered and all the injured, and then the child who gets killed by the alligator mm-hmm. at Walt Disney World. It's just one body blow after another, after another. And this will affect people who live in Central Florida in part for the rest of their lives, just as. In the oklahoma city bombing Mm -hmm. it affected the people there that bombing i think was in 96 95 94 uh, 94 is affected the people there and they won't get over it i was in oklahoma city last year and i saw the memorial and, and you see how it affects the residents of a metro area dallas in 1963 when president john f kennedy was assassinated on November 22nd, 63, I I was in third grade. I remember it as if I'm sitting there in third grade in the class right now. It's still so fresh for me. But if you were in Dallas on that day, you were affected in a whole special way that people who were alive at that time will not forget. So this is this is a very tough thing. And if I could say anything to you, If you're listening to me right now in Orlando, know that the wounds will heal. The memories will remain, but the wounds will heal. And one of the reasons that healing will occur is because of this phenomenal, warm, beautiful community outpouring of support for the families of the deceased and those that were wounded by this either lunatic, terrorist, whatever, I will not say his name, we don't we can't unfold all that the prior caller talking about mental illness mental illness has been a continuing theme mm-hmm. in so many of these mass murders that have occurred in the country was this uh, an act of islamic radical terror don't know but it is a sad thing for me that over and over again this has been something where gays have been targeted right here where we're sitting in atlanta georgia there was a, a terrible attack on a gay club years ago and in New York there have been two attacks over the years that were brutal and ugly attacking gays and it is it is something that is so awful that someone is targeted simply because of their sexual orientation and we as the American people have got to think about the level of anger that envelops us right now in the country or not just in the United States, the, uh, the killing, the assassination of the Minister of Parliament in England today, that we need to take a deep breath. I want you to know I lived through an era in the United States where we thought everything was coming apart. And by the way, other parts of the world felt the same thing at the same time. We were in the midst of the war in Vietnam we had uh terrible riots in the streets dr martin luther king jr was assassinated in memphis uh robert kennedy was assassinated in los angeles 2 months later and at the democratic national convention in chicago that year there were brutal riots i mean it felt like life as we knew it was disintegrating and that we had just darkness in front of us and in a time like this uh neither of you are, were aware of that what i was talking about with 1968 right no i'm looking at your faces you're looking at me like before me you're looking at me like what so but the thing is this darkness shall pass Mm -hmm. both what orlando's experiencing and what we in the united states and elsewhere in the world with this with this vicious level of anger that so many people are expressing right now in the country the question is between now and when it passes how much damage do we do to the american psyche how many more funerals do we attend?
2: How many more sad broadcasts do we have to do? Much like post 9-11, and I've said this on the air for years, since 9-11, um, my proudest time uh, as a broadcaster, as a person, as an American, was September 12, 2001. Because this nation came together like never before. There were no liberals and conservatives. There were no Democrats and Republicans. We were a nation together. And my hope was that we might see something like that after this uh, awful terrorist attack in Orlando um, and I, I'm certain that a majority of Orlando has come together, much like the nation did after September 11th, 2001. But it saddens me that the rest of the nation isn't following suit.
0: Well, you know, it's not personal enough for them. It, that's exactly it. And the and the other thing is, 9/11 was pretty much the first time we witnessed something like that. There's a level that of desensitization, yes, where. We were shocked. We were horrified. We we came together as a country, but now we're having more and more of these things. We had Boston. We had San Bernardino. Now we have Orlando. And there's a certain numbness we have and a certain disconnect. Now, I am so thankful that my old hometown of Orlando is uniting the way they are. And that oneness and that September 12th kind of attitude, we are one, we are Orlando strong. And the mayor of Orlando I wanted to mention who, regardless of whether people
3: were for him or against him or whatever, he has shown that kind of level of leadership that maybe he didn't have the day before. Maybe he was very much a political animal. But he has risen to the occasion. Buddy Dyer has a special place in my heart now. And uh, what we're not seeing is we're not seeing the political class rise to that occasion outside of the Orlando metro area. And that's what I'm hungering for in the country. I'm hungering for people who learn to put our flag first mm-hmm. than their allegiances to their party or their re-election or any of that. I, I, it's easy for me to say that because I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. But as someone who is an independent, it, it, it is hard for me to digest the lack of um, humanity from the politicians where people immediately go to their corners sure. and play out the same stale tapes – They've been playing out for decades
0: and just I'm, like that 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 whole deal on the uh, the house floor the other night uh, it, oh, it was all the yeah. the the uh, the moment of silence and yes a moment of silence but that's show and then the whole right. we're not going to do silence we want action that show right that sent me straight up Clark and that is my that's
3: my frustration because the American people today are better than the political class we always have been (laughs) no 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 i I disagree i disagree there have been many times mark where politicians i mean if you go to dc and you see the monuments and you know the backstory there are times that that we have had people in the political class that would call it that they didn't call it that then, but there are people who did unbelievably remarkable things for this country and I don't have that feeling today. Well, that's
2: when the, the political class was our best and brightest. And I, I in my lifetime, I haven't seen that as our best and brightest in the political so it's, class. So it's up to us. I, I agreed. Let me let me ask this question. I'm going to go back to 9-11. Um, you famously, after 9-11, said, I am not going to let the terrorists uh, scare me. I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to fly. We will not uh, cower in fear. Same suggestion for folks around the country. Should we be going to Orlando to show our support and spend our, our tourist dollars? There? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to be in
3: Orlando actually next week. Okay. I'm going to be, it was something I was already scheduled to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in Jacksonville. Then I'm going to be in Tulsa. And then I'm going to be in Orlando. And I'm going because. What do I have to be afraid of? In fact, until you mentioned it right now, Mm -hmm. I never even thought about it being symbolic. I was going there because that kind of thing, I never, ever, ever, not ever want, if this was truly a radical Islamist terrorist Mm -hmm. attack, seems more like this was a a cuckoo guy who was wrapping everything into his mouth, but even if it was a terrorist attack, I don't care about the fact that that somebody else may be a copycat and want to shoot me down. We have to stand up and be counted. We have to be willing to get out there and live our lives and never cower in fear. And you don't want to let evil triumph. And one of the ways you let evil triumph is for us as a country to be divided like we are right now mm-hmm. with all this silliness with the politicians. And where we go and stay out of public spaces, out of fear. And I will never allow any source of evil to keep me from living my life. You know, I was in New York, obviously, broadcasting, as you mentioned, right after the September 11th terrorist attacks. First day I could fly uh, when the flight started back in the air, my producer, Kim, and I went to New York, 22 people on the plane, Four were sky marshals, so 18 passengers, none of us were in our seats, we were all on the left side of the plane coming on final to LaGuardia, seeing the World Trade Center still on fire. It was brutal to be in that experience. And then I was back there November 11th working, and that was the day the American Airlines plane went down four miles from where the World Trade Center was, and for the people of New York, immediately it was like, oh no, it's happening Again. again. But you go to New York now and you learn the American spirit and the spirit of humanity of human beings when you see how vital and alive New York is, how vital the area is around the World Trade Center, and you see World Trade One or whatever. They call it One World Trade One, One World right? Trade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> up in the air. And you see what we as human beings can do. We, we get knocked around. We um, dust ourselves off. And we stand up and we fight
2: for our future, our country's future, and our family's future. That's what we do as Americans. Clark Howard, Mark Aram, Shane Backler. Live local talk and coverage of the terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub continues. News 96.5 WDBO in Orlando. Also, we are being broadcast across the nation tonight on WSB Atlanta, WOKV Jacksonville, WHIO Dayton, and KRMG in Tulsa. Your thoughts and calls next, 844 220-0965. Neil Bortz will join us next hour as well. Your calls, and if you want to tweet at me your thoughts, if you can't get through, it's uh, Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. We'll be right back after this.
0: News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
2: Welcome back to the show, Mark Aram, Clark Howard, Shane Backler, 844 220 0965. Your thoughts on the terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub? John joins us on the program. John, welcome back, buddy.
3: Yeah, thanks for uh, your patience. Um, I was calling in reference to the news
1: broadcaster you were talking to in Orlando about uh, the council carry permits in the clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, if any one of those people in there would have had a weapon, even if they had a concealed carry permit, they could be charged with a felony in the state of Florida.
2: So that's, yeah, that's the, the law. But, I, I mean, if, if someone had it in there and was able to save the day, I think they might have waived the uh, the charges on that. John is up next on the program. Hello, John. Hey, guys. How you doing? Excellent. What's going on?
1: I got a question about uh, the the, uh, the police response down there. After, after Columbine, the uh, law enforcement really uh, figured out that you know, the first guys that get on the scene have to go in because while they're out there the police are out staging and planning and everything, people are dying on the inside. Um, so any idea why it took Orlando police three hours to go in there while this guy was had time to go back in the restrooms and kill people and Facebook and every all his other evil stuff?
0: Shane. They were worried about explosives. And in fact when they took him down uh, there was early reports that he had wires that there was some kind of a circuit board. They didn't know what was inside. If he had planted IEDs, what yeah, was nobody, about yeah, to happen?
1: They never know what's on the inside in these situations.
0: They they really didn't know. And and remember, the guy, uh, the the shooter, ran out when they burst through the uh, the the wall of the nightclub. He ran out shooting, and that was how they were able to take him down. Yeah, yeah. That, I understand you know, what you're saying. The timeline is still a little fuzzy.
2: Um, We're getting bits and pieces from the law enforcement officials on what exactly happened and why. But it was it's odd because usually in this situation or these situations, which we've covered all too many times, um, there's there's no one left alive in there. You know, the the killers or killer shoots till everyone's dead and then kills themselves. This was weirdly He shot and killed people, then had hostages, and then uh, it, it ran through the wall. So this is this thing is just weird from start to finish.
3: There's also something very difficult about a police response in the middle of an, of the night, because the most senior, most experienced commanders are not on duty. And so it's hard for the officer on patrol, the beat cops, to know exactly yeah. what to do. And just as our caller said... Go first, officers respond and go straight in. They couldn't even assess it. All they knew was there was a terrible, terrible thing underway. Tony joins us next on the
2: program. Hello, Tony.
1: Hello, first time caller, and indirectly related to the shooting, uh, Clark was earlier talking about the darkness that prevailed over America back in '68 when I was 13. Uh, it's kind of a similar situation, except it's a, a lot darker because we have too much information about everything and everybody anymore yet we have no one to turn to everybody's got an opinion about stuff
2: and everybody's up to get everybody who did we turn to in 68 clark uh or
3: well Tony. Uh-huh. We, we we didn't really have anybody to turn to at that time other than i'd say that richard nixon although historically he became a very divisive figure and was the only president ever before forced from office uh, short of impeachment was at that time
0: trying to pull the country together at least at first do you know we tend to want to look to some kind of leadership to unify everybody look to each other help each other that's where it is that's where the light is underneath this cloud that's Hanging over Central Florida.
2: 844-220-0965. 844-220-0965. Mark Aram, Clark Howard, Shane Backler. Live local talking coverage of the terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub continues after this.
0: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Do you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast.